0: Welcome to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Travis Rosinger, and I'm here with my co-host, Don Rosinger.
1: Hey guys, so fun to be back with you today. Well, we've had a great week.
0: We're a little bit tired. We were in about three states over the last 24 hours. We were, yep. We spent a couple days in Florida, I had flown down there, and then dropped into Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yep,
1: we had a layover there just yeah. to try to get back here to Minneapolis. Came in late yep. last night, got about five hours of sleep, and we're back at it. We had such a fun weekend. We were able to go to the beach. We got to go to my son-in-law's graduation from his master's program and then we also got to celebrate our granddaughter's first birthday so we got beaches we got babies we got graduations all of the, everything yeah there. and it's so
0: cool because we were on the beach it was 80 some degrees and then bam we're back in minnesota and it snowed like 20 inches while we were gone
1: and something amazing happened when we came back because when we were gone it snowed a lot we knew that it snowed and we came back late last night thinking that we weren't going to be able to get into our driveway. because yeah, all the snow. Yeah, and we pulled up and we were so excited. We were just pumped because... All of a sudden we looked and there was no snow in our driveway. Someone had plowed out our driveway for us and we didn't know who exactly at that point it was, but we figured it out. It was our next door neighbor. Oh man. They knew we were gone for the weekend and they just blessed us and our driveway was clear. We were holding the garage and get to bed.
0: Yeah, that that doesn't happen just any day in Minnesota, does it Don? Maybe once or twice in a lifetime, somebody will come over (laughs) and they'll shovel or snow blow your driveway. And so what a blessing coming in. Close to midnight, and it's all done. Yes,
1: thank you, Rick, for
0: (laughs) plowing out our driveway and making us be able to get
1: to bed earlier. So cool. Something else even cooler happened this week. Travis, you were able to tell people and let people know that you have authored a book, right? Yeah. And we put the cover (laughs) on social media, and we're so excited for your book to come out. Gripping. Like, that's the name of the book. Travis, do you want to. Just expand a little bit on what oh, the Oh, for about. sure.
0: Yeah. It, the Secret's Out. It's uh, the the new book, Gripping What Matters Most. That is the title. And it's going to be coming out in 2022. And so it was so fun, as you just said, Don to let people know on social media, kind of, you know, leak the information yeah. or the secret out slowly but surely. But yeah, it's awesome. I can't wait. And I think it's really cool because in this book that will be coming out in 2022 that I, I wrote, uh, it, it's really cool because it focuses, the whole foundation of it is focused on one thing that we all do as human beings. Doesn't matter, you know, what race or what country we're from or, or how we were raised. It's that one thing that we all do and we do it from the day that we're born. Yeah. And so I'm so excited that this book is going to be coming out. So keep your eyes and ears
1: out for it. Charis, I just want you to know that I'm super proud of you. Obviously, living with you in the same home, I know How long it took you to write this book? I mean, it takes a lot of work and time. And when I was out having fun, you would be no, you were determined to write this book. And I'm just excited for it to come out because it's an incredible book.
0: Oh well, thank you, Don. I so appreciate that, and it was a pleasure to write it. And I can't wait to write like ten more, fifteen more. But uh, definitely excited for this one to come out. Well, hey, the other day I was on vacation, and the thought hit me: Why can't every day be like this.
1: Vacations are amazing. <laughs> They're incredible.
0: And especially like we were talking about on the beach. Why can't we just relax, take our time and do what we want to every single day? I mean, that would be incredible. That would be awesome. So why do we have to work and work so hard in life? Well, you know, as I thought about this, of course, I was quickly reminded, as many of you know, it's because God cursed Adam and Eve. And it wasn't something God was doing to them. Adam and Eve, uh, you know, ended up getting thrown out of the Garden of Eden because of their sin and rebellion. They disobeyed God. And so God pushed them out of the Garden. Now, the curse of Adam's choices and the consequence of them meant that he would have to work. Adam would have to work the rest of his life by the sweat of his brow. That was the curse. That was the fall. The result would be that work, specifically Adam's work, would be difficult. Now, physical work is difficult and can be challenging for the body, but work, although stressful at times, it could also be very rewarding when you look back and you see how much you have accomplished over your lifetime. It's kind of a bit of, of a paradox, isn't it, Don? Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah. I mean,
0: we both personally love our work, our jobs. We love our, you know, careers, what we do, and we love the rewards that come from working with a great team. I mean, it's so rewarding, but it's also difficult. It's also really hard. So viewing work is rewarding. And again, it is. Reminded me of you and I, Don, just the other day, a Facebook uh, picture of ours, one of our renovations or renos popped up and on Facebook, it said five years ago today. And do you remember this picture, Don? There was this crazy picture of the two of us. Tell everybody, (laughs) what did it look like? Oh,
1: man, we were in an apartment that we had. There was nothing there. It wasn't an apartment at the time, just a workshop. And we had power tools and we were ready to just tear down what was there and make, create a brand new apartment, like from scratch, like brand new. And that was day one. And I don't think we knew exactly what was ahead of us, but man, it was exciting to see that was the the start, and then to know what we finished.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had both had power tools in our hands in that picture, and we intentionally you you remember we wanted to look mean. Yeah, we did just for fun, like we were super serious, mean because we were actually about to start, like you just mentioned, on this renovation project that was going to require a lot of work. And it did. I mean, that project was one of the toughest ones we've ever done. And just even thinking about it right now, it brings back great memories of frustration, but also great memories of accomplishment and a great reward. Now, we are definitely amateur we, we are. You know, renovators. Yeah,
1: although we like it a lot. We love doing it. You know, We definitely are amateurs.
0: Yeah. So taking something old and making it new again, it's just so, so fun.
1: We are definitely amateurs, but we've had a little bit of practice with this. I know, Travis, that one home that we had bought where it was just a two bedroom home and we have two kids. So we wanted to make sure that we had a third bedroom. We looked when we walked into the home that there was a whole completely unfinished upstairs.
0: A whole second level. A whole
1: second level. So we bought the home and we completed the whole upper level, like yeah. from start to finish. And that was her first time ever doing that yeah. in detail like that. And it was a lot of work, but we learned a lot and it ended up being beautiful.
0: Yeah. We, we had to put in electricity. We had to put in the air conditioning, heat, uh, walls. I mean, just carpet. Everything. There's tons we of stuff. We taped
1: and sanded, which was my least favorite part Which of the was project. a train wreck it for both <laughs> of us. It was awful. But then there was the home that we bought, Travis, that we walked in and it smelled like cat pee. Like, a completely
0: was, different oh, home. Yeah. It was,
1: yeah, completely. It was not like the greatest smell when you walked in, but it had a great foundation and we knew, man, if we could just go get in there, rip out the carpet and paint and tear down some walls and update everything. And so we made this home into a beautiful home. It was incredible. Again, we learned a lot about tearing down walls and renovating from that home. I I
0: love that house because that house, although like you said, Don, it smelled like cats and was a mess. It was kind of disgusting when we pulled out the old carpet. (laughs) We were like, oh my gosh, you, you had to run home and take a shower. Really quickly, but when it was finished, like you said, I mean, it was gorgeous, it was amazing. And we lived there for many years, and our kids love yeah. that home. We love that it, home.
1: And it's funny though, we actually bought a brand new house one time, like our dream home, beautiful home, but the basement was unfinished. So we decided within, I think, we gave ourselves a month and we completely. Finished the whole entire basement. We're not, yeah. and we're talking about a thousand to twelve hundred square foot basement. It was a large. Yeah, basement. we almost
0: killed ourselves. We did, yeah, That's and we code did that. For, we almost died <laughs> completely
1: ourselves again. Put in the walls, put in a fireplace, put in so many things in that home, and it was gorgeous at the end. And then there was the home that we bought. That we walked in, and there was a wood shop, and we're like, "Oh, this could be an apartment." The one we started <laughs> off
0: talking about, no, Yep. Yeah, and yeah. it
1: became a gorgeous apartment. It was a lot of work. That we had to do plumbing and electricity Electrical, and yep. just tons of stuff. We've tiled the bathroom together. We almost killed each other while we right, tiled the bathroom, right. but we figured it out. <laughs> um, that was interesting. But it was then, so fun. Our current home that we're working on, not the one that we live in, but we just recently bought a home not that long ago that we talk about. And that was a 1930s cottage that we walked in and it's not pretty. But not at all. Wow. Like what <laughs> we've been able to do to this home, we were able to take something old and outdated And make it beautiful and smell good. And the bathroom's gorgeous now compared to what it was. And it's just been a lot of fun to learn how to do home renovations. And you know what? We've been able to build equity in a lot of these homes from all of the things we've done. You know, one of the most amazing things about home renovation is that when it's complete, you almost forget what it looked like when you first bought it when it was old and ugly and in need in a, of an update. And that's why before and after pictures are required, yeah. I, You know me, I have my camera. You out are every so step good with that, way. Don. I so love good. the before and after pictures. You're like, wait,
0: wait, don't move. And you take the pictures. I
1: think it's because it makes all the work worthwhile. You can see what you've done. They're so dramatic and so fun. Not only do they reveal the new beauty of the newly re- renovated home, but they also prove every time that the work that we just put into it was definitely worth the effort. Yeah.
0: It, it's like jaw dropping when you put them, you know, next to each other, like the one that we were just talking about that popped up on Facebook and said five years ago, when you look at, you you talked about the shower, Don, and the tiling, yeah. and you look at the before picture, the, those were closets. Yes, And they we were. took closets and we turned them into sh- a shower, a, a, whole, yeah, a huge yeah, shower, massive, gorgeous, gorgeous shower. tile, but it's stunning jaw dropping and so, so much fun. Well, yes, God cursed Adam for his sin. <laughs> and told him that work would make him sweat and that it'd be hard, but he never said that it wouldn't be rewarding. So why did we title this episode and, you know, the next episode or two, Building a Home Together, Marriage Appraisals and Renovations? Why would we call it that? Well, the reason why is because marriages, they're so much like a house. I mean, when we We think of marriages, when I think of marriage, I think of a house. There's just so many symbolic things that come with a house. You're like, wait, That's a lot like a marriage. Like when you go to build a home for the first time or you are about to renovate it, so much of what it takes to build a new home or to renovate an old one, again, has that symbolic value for you and your family. Why will some of the same skills and concepts that are required to build or renovate a house are also required to build a healthy home and a marriage for you and your spouse and your family? family. So why did we choose the word appraisal when we thought of marriages in this episode? Well, the word appraisal, according to the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, here's what it means. An act or an instance of appraising something or someone. I think
1: that's crazy that it says or someone. I guess I've never thought about appraising someone, but that's what it actually means.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because certainly, you know, somebody can appraise the value of something, but when someone walks in the room and you've never met them before, you kind of make an appraisal of who they are as a person. If you're going to have a strong, healthy marriage, then it's important to do a marriage appraisal from time to time. I mean, you you can't appraise the value of something until you assess its condition. We can appraise the value of a thing, an object, but we can also appraise the value of a person and a relationship, just like Merriam-Webster states. Well, an object, as you know, Don, and I know, can have one value, but when the expert determines what would need to be done to restore an object to near perfect condition, they can then give you a different value if it was fully restored. And that's really cool to be able to think about that, Mm -hmm. that something has one kind of value when it's in not so good a condition, but can have a completely different kind of value when it's in excellent condition. Yeah, for
1: example, Travis, just one of the homes that we redid we had it appraised and it was almost double the value what we bought it for. It's crazy to think about, but that's the value that it, it came to because we just put some work and time and effort into it.
0: Yeah, it was so good. And in the same way, one relationship might have become very devalued by both parties involved due to the conflict or the lack of healthy interaction. But if that same relationship is fully restored it would be assessed with a far greater value by the two people yeah. in it. I mean, they would be like, "Oh my gosh, this is an incredible marriage." Although maybe 6 months earlier when things were dysfunctional, they right. would want to walk away and give up on that very same marriage.
1: I think you and I both believe that God wants us to have the most incredible home ever. God wants you guys to have the most incredible home ever. That's why everything started with a man and a woman with a marriage in the garden of Eden at the beginning of Time. The marriage relationship is the foundation of a healthy society. A marriage that is filled with love, respect, and humility has a chance of becoming all that God wants it to be. Yeah, and
0: I don't think we can stress that enough that um, you know, really the healthy marriage relationship is the foundation of a healthy yep. society that can't be overstated. I mean, there's so many problems that are linked to broken families. And so having that strong marriage, having that strong family is. Incredible, a foundation piece of our healthy society.
1: So we just want to ask you guys right now, where is your marriage? If you had to step back and appraise your marriage, where is it? What is the actual value and what needs to change in you, in your spouse, and in your relationship? What needs to be renovated to gain the value that it should have in God's eyes? And anytime a home is sold and the ownership exchanges hands, there is an inspection and an appraisal. We believe that every marriage should have an inspection and appraisal. Don't you think, Travis? It does, We need to just inspect it and appraise it. We also believe that many marriages are in desperate need of a full renovation to be rebuilt with the right values so that the old can be forgotten and the new can be enjoyed.
0: Yeah. And I think, Don. so often we kind of cruise through life and through marriage and we don't stop and get some honest feedback from our spouse and say, hey, where are we at? Is is are marriage healthy? Are we on the same page? Are we both getting something from this? And are we giving 100% both of us? And so that's really important to do that marriage appraisal.
1: We once heard Joyce Meyer make this statement in one of her podcasts. She talked about the concept of cognitive reappraisals. It's the idea that everyone can rewrite their stories. I love that. I just, man, when I heard that, I just grabbed onto it. In other words, They can rewrite their past by creating a new future, one that is completely different than their prior failures and disappointments. I love that she talks about cognitive reappraisals. This is a concept that I believe in all my heart because I believe that every human has a choice and every marriage has a choice. It can be built with the right materials on the right foundation. It doesn't matter how bad a marriage has been, it can always be rebuilt and renovated. I mean, loving that fight. That's what we talk about. Fighting for your marriage and making sure that you don't give up. You can always rebuild. It doesn't matter how average a marriage has been. It can be rebuilt and become an incredible and fulfilling marriage. I guess what we are trying to say, you can rewrite your love story so that has a happy ending. Like that's so exciting to know and to believe. And we believe that with all of our heart. So what would be the goal of completing a marriage appraisal and then renovating your marriage? What does that really look like?
0: Yeah. And again, we're talking about this because you and I have bought several homes and fixed them up, renovated them, had them appraised, had them inspected, and then sold those homes and made money on them or just enjoyed them as homes. And so we're really comparing and contrasting those similarities between a healthy marriage and the processes that it takes to get a house ready to renovate it and to make sure you do an appraisal and to say, okay, here's what needs to change. Well, in order to do an appraisal on a house, you have to first have a couple of things. You have to start, first of all, with a dream. You do. We have dreamt, haven't we? Yeah. About, oh, we'd love to live in this house or have a house like that or build a home, you know, that feels this way or that way. Well, if you think about it, everything you currently use and enjoy in life, it started as an idea or a dream in someone's mind. Well, the same is true for a house. Every building that you can see with your physical eyes it started with a dream. It started in somebody's, you know, in their mind with their kind of mental eyes, if you will, the plans, the blueprint, the design, or the style of the home was designed or dreamed up by someone. So when a couple goes in to build a home, they meet with an architect or a designer to decide what they want their home to look like and how they want it to function for them and their family as a living space. Well, the same is true with the marriage, you always start with the dream of building a life together. So what's it going to look like? How will we behave and meet each other's needs in this home together, in this marriage together? And what are our major plans that we have together? So we wanted to ask you guys, what are you and your spouse's dreams for your lives in your marriage together. Maybe you started off with dreams, but it's been a few years, five, 10 years of marriage, and maybe you've kind of lost those mm, dreams yeah. and you've forgotten them. And it's time to remember them, to dust them off. Or maybe you just you know, fell in love and you never really articulated them or wrote them down. It's time to figure that out.
1: Or maybe you had a dream of your marriage looking a certain way and something happened in the midst of it. And that dream Kind of became a nightmare or a broken dream at that point.
0: Again, when somebody goes to build a house, they start with the first thing, and that is a dream, a plan. But there are two more things after the initial dream or vision of what that house could look like. The next thing is you have to prepare the ground. You've got to, you know, they bring in excavators or, yeah. you know, whatever it is, bulldozers to move the dirt around and to make sure that it, it's good level soil. You, you can't build a home on sinking soil or even soil that's contaminated. No. You wouldn't want your kids you know, out there playing in the yard. And that soil is dangerous or bad for kids to dogs to be around. The soil not only has to be stable, but it's got to also be somewhat level. It's got to be soil that will support a foundation. When you build that foundation, you don't want your house to sink into the dirt or have too much water. Yeah. Uh, so it's got to be the right kind. Well, the same is true in marriage. If you're going to have a healthy marriage, then you have to have one where the walls are are strong and the foundation endures. You must prepare the soil of your own soul. And some of us didn't do that going into marriage. You know, sometimes we fall in love and we're all excited to get married. We got this dream of our, our lives that we want to build together, but we forget to prepare the soil. So you've got to make sure that you have rid yourself of the baggage from the past and have also planted the seeds of humility and grace. That's part of what we're talking about, of having good soil in your marriage. Many people, though, they bring into their marriage a ton of toxic, contaminated thinking or baggage. And if that baggage, that dysfunctional baggage or those mistakes or whatever it was that you didn't deal with, if you bring that into your marriage, then it can cause damage to your. Marriage.
1: The cool thing is just like farmers do every spring, right? They till up that soil, right? They make sure that their soil is prepared. So even if your soil wasn't prepared in the beginning of your marriage before you got married, man, take out that till and and till up that marriage, dig it up, turn it over and start new. Make sure it's fresh and ready to go. You can still do it. You have time.
0: Yeah. And to get more specific about what we're talking about, this might include past relationships that your spouse doesn't know anything about or things you did prior to becoming married that you haven't asked God for forgiveness for. Uh, This piece is really talking about dealing with the spiritual and emotional side of yourself before you are able to be in a relationship that is healthy. So often, as you and I both know, Don, two people fall in love, they get married, and but they're not healthy individuals. And so they bring all of that unhealth, or that's not even a word, but you <laughs> yeah. know, the, the unhealthiness, yeah. they bring it in to their marriage. So it's all about brutal honesty, revealing anything that may have been hidden. It's about asking for forgiveness from people and God. And it's all about identifying the dysfunction so that you can take the next step of removing it from your life and your marriage. Don. I remember when you and I went to get married, there was one thing that was just a piece of honesty that was kind of a secret to me. It wasn't anything bad. It didn't do anything wrong. But I had to reveal to you before we got married, I had to say, you need to know, This is what I'm bringing into the marriage. Are you sure you're wanting to still marry me? And it was good for you to be able to know that. So we wanted to ask you, what are you needing to deal with today where honesty and forgiveness would bring healing? What are you needing to do to identify dysfunction? Do you need to get a mentor or a third party to give you feedback on how you behave and you live your life?
1: So we're talking about building a home together, marriage appraisals, and renovation. So here you go. You start with a dream. You make sure that you have good soil that is solid and can support a foundation And then you might need to do some demo and demo when we have gotten to hostess Travis. That's the fun part sometimes ripping walls down and and breaking windows and like getting rid of the frames. It's kind of can be fun, but it's hard work, right?
0: It's hard work. You sweat. Yeah, and it's counterintuitive because you would think, well, if we're gonna make this better, why are we making a mess? Yeah. Why are we ripping down walls and pulling out old wiring? Why are we destroying things to make them better? But that's part of what it takes.
1: order to make something better, a lot of times you have to get rid of what's there in order to rebuild. Just like in a regular house that you're trying to fix up, you have to tear down the things that won't exist in the new house. The things that you don't want there anymore. It might be an old bathroom, built-ins, kitchen cabinets, literal walls that separate rooms. You have to demolish before you can rebuild. When people say I had to demo this wall or that room, it's often referred to in a positive way. Context. They're making the home better. Tearing something down is required in order to make something better. And we need to do that when we look into our marriages. What do we need to get rid of? What do we need to tear down in order to make it better? In the same way, the goal for a future marriage if you're not married yet, or current marriage, if you already are, is to tear down the things that shouldn't belong in your marriage and your life. It's definitely a balance of keeping the best of what you have learned growing up and deconstructing or doing demo on what you want to improve on or what you don't want to bring into your marriage. This could be things like a bad example of how a husband and wife live together and relate to one another that you learned from your parents. It could be an addiction to alcohol, drugs, pornography, gambling, spending or other destructive habits that could seriously hurt your relationships. So how do you do this? How do we demo? How do we get rid of these things? First, you just have to make a list of the things that you need to demolish from your childhood or your single years or even dysfunctional things that you have developed during your married life. I know sometimes you get into a pattern, even in our own marriage, that like, man, that's destructive. We want to get rid of those You don't realize it, but you're
0: in a rut and it's like, whoa, we built some bad things that need to come down.
1: I mean, this could be good or bad habits, lifestyle rhythms, attitudes, beliefs, philosophies of life, just... Get rid of them if they're not supposed to be in your marriage, if it's causing destruction. When a couple demolishes pieces of a house they both don't want and then they improve those same areas of the home into what they have agreed upon, the house suddenly starts to turn into a home, into a place of rest, unity, peace, and prosperity. As with every house, there are parts of the home that are beautiful and should be left alone. They don't need to be torn down and renovated. You guys, we are image bearers and there are things things that God created in you that are beautiful and should remain unchanged. But once you have done these three things where you start with the dream of what you want your marriage to look like, prepare the ground that so the soil of your soul is ready for a healthy relationship and tear down and demolish anything that shouldn't be a part of your relationship that may still be hanging on from their past. Then you're ready to actually move forward with building the home and the marriage that God is wanting for you and your spouse to have. It takes a lot of work to make something old or outdated to look new. Again, but once you are done, it is so worth the, the time and the effort and the energy into making a home. That's yeah, what you're trying to do. You're trying to yeah. make a home.
0: And that like you just said, building a home together, uh, marriage appraisals and renovations. This is part one. We're gonna be doing part two and part three in the next couple weeks. But we just wanted to let you guys know that we'll be unpacking nine key areas that as we talk about a home and building a home, this week was in this episode is is more of that preparation. Yeah. Of Yep. Thinking about what you got to do before you start to build a home. And again, we want to give you nine key areas that relate to normal parts of a real house. And we like this because everybody that's listening right now, you're living, most likely, in a real house. And that'll give you the direction you and your spouse can focus on and need in your marriage.
1: So again, you guys, this is just part one of building a home together marriage appraisals and renovations. So we're looking forward to the next couple episodes. We just want to thank you though, for listening to this episode of the loving the fight marriage podcast. Remember guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.